Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Well, how you doing today, church? You guys good? Well, you look good from here. Awesome. Hey, well, I <clears throat> want you to know that I'm proud of myself today. Probably not a way you expected me to start off my sermon, uh, but I just want you to know Amanda only leaves me home with the kids about once every two years, and I want you to know that they both made it to church today. Come on, somebody. And so, I'm doing pretty good. We might have had Starbucks for breakfast at least once, but don't tell Amanda. Don't tell Amanda. Ah, well, it's good to be with you. Good to be in the house of God today. And uh, you know what I love? You know what I love is no matter what you're dealing with, if you can just get to the house of God, I know you're going to be able to meet the presence of God here. And uh, there's great refreshing in the presence of God. You know, I'll get to my message here in just a second, but I was just thinking about uh, the book of Hebrews and how it says that we shouldn't neglect the gathering of ourselves together. Right, We have this instruction to be together as believers, to gather together, he said, especially as the day draws near. And you know, I had this thought, the craziness of the world, the wildness of the pressures and the things that are happening and the things we have to deal with in the day and age that we're living in, how much more important is it that we gather together as the family of God to be encouraged to be in God's presence? It's necessary for living our life for God. And so I'm just so thankful that his promises are true, that he inhabits the praises of his people, and that there's always great times of refreshing in the house of God. Why don't you grab your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we kicked off a brand new series of messages called Heaven Come last Sunday. And man, it was such a great day in God's house. And uh, I'd encourage you, if you missed it, jump online. You can catch part one. Um, But I've got a word I really believe is going to help us today. And uh, when, I, when I looked at this series, I really felt like we were to start the first couple of messages on the topic of prayer, on the topic of prayer, because I don't know a better way uh, to usher heaven into our lives than through the power of prayer. And uh, I want to look at a very important passage in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7, where Jesus gives us some insight on prayer that I believe is going to help us to live a life where we don't just pray in the routine of prayer, but we see the power of prayer and we see the answers of God in our life. How many would like to see more answers from your prayer life? Just give me an amen. And, uh, and I want you to know this is the will of God for you. This is the will of God for you. And I believe within these few verses, hold some keys to help us live a life of answered prayer as followers of Jesus. So let's dive into that. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. You can flip there, turn there. Uh, We'll throw these on the screen for you as well. You can follow along, but let's dive right in today. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Jesus is teaching, and he says, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone, say everyone. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. 
So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Isn't that powerful? Would you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord to prepare our hearts and speak to us through the Word today. Father, we love you, and we just devote these next few moments to you, Lord. We open up our hearts, and we ask, God, that your Word would find a place to build us up, to make us more like Jesus. I pray right now in Jesus' name that through your Word, you would build the faith of your people, Lord, that we would come to you boldly, and we would come to you in faith, and we would see our prayers answered at a greater dimension than we ever have. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I love prayer. Prayer is the great privilege and right of the believer. I want you to think about that for a second because no other created thing can come before the Creator God anytime they want to and ask. Not the angels of heaven, not any of the cherubim, no one else, not any other created thing other than humanity. The people God created in His own image. We are able, according to the Scripture, to come before God anytime we want to and find help when we need it. What a crazy promise we have in that. That we can come before the Lord anytime we want to. Because of grace. Because the Lord has opened up His heart and life. He has cleansed us, made us His own, given us the ability to come before the throne of grace anytime we want to. We've been made to be sons and daughters of Almighty God. That is why we are taught to come boldly. You know, it's funny, most people feel like they need to make an appointment or, you know, at least knock on my door before they just pop into my office. But my kids really don't care about any of that. It doesn't matter who I'm meeting with. It could be tears and snot and all kinds of stuff going on, and they'll just bust right in, you know. And my youngest, they'll say, Dad, Dad, Dad could be talking to anyone. I could be talking to the President of the United States of America. Dad, Dad. Why? Because he's my son. All protocol, all formality is out the window because of sonship. And this is such a powerful thing that we need to understand, that we are, we are not people God tolerates. We are people God loves. You have not been made servants or slaves by the adoption of Jesus. You've been made sons and daughters of Almighty God. And so you can come before the Father anytime you want to. You're never interrupting Him. He loves it when we come before Him. Matter of fact, I really want you to catch this today. It's a great principle that I think is important for us to get into our hearts. That true prayer, it's actually based on sonship and not just friendship with God. This is an important principle. It's not one of my main points, but I want you to get this. True prayer is based on sonship and not just friendship with God. There is a difference between sonship and friendship. Matter of fact, the Bible is actually, it's, it's, it's littered with people who were called friends of God. Matter of fact, if you want, to look at, uh, you want to look at Moses or Abraham, these were people that had incredible, uh, incredible relationships with God. God did amazing things. Abraham, the father of our faith. Moses ushered in the old covenant and walked in a, a dimension with God that is absolutely amazing. And the Lord said, listen, I've, I, I've met with these guys. I've been with these guys like, like a friend. They talk to me like a friend. Now listen, Moses and Abraham, they're great, but how many know our example is Jesus? And Jesus was not just a friend of God. Come on, Jesus is the Son of God. And when Jesus taught us to pray, He taught us to pray, Our Father. 
We are to approach God as a father. Is he a king? He's the king of kings. Is he Lord? He's Lord of lords. But to us, we approach him as father. And until we get this, prayer won't click the way it needs to click. Because Jesus taught us to pray, our father that is in heaven. This is how we approach the Lord. And this is important because I don't know about you, but I've had friends that aren't my friends anymore. Hello. I've had friends that aren't my friends anymore. Why? Because friendship requires mutual performance. Right? What happened in friendship? Well, one or the other or both stopped performing right in that friendship. So they're not friends anymore. But see, sonship is not based on performance either way. Sonship is actually by blood. It doesn't matter what happens with my sons. They will always be my sons. They'll always be my sons. Anything could happen. There is, come on, there's no bond like like a father's bond, a heart. There's no bond like that paternal bond. Why? Because it's not based. My sons don't have to do anything to be my sons. See, See, friendship is a mutual performance. And that's okay, and a lot of us feel good when we're doing good. And if your relationship with God is more friendship-based, it's more mutual performance than, how many know God always comes through on his side? So here's what happens. Then it's us that feels good when we're doing good, and then we feel unworthy when we're not. And so we feel like, man, I can come before the throne of grace because I'm doing great until we're not doing great. And then, oh, I can't come before God because I, I, I got this going on. This has happened in my life. And so when the mutual performance fails, then our relationship with God degrades. But if you understand that you're a son, that you've been purchased, you've been bought with a price, the Bible says, that Jesus on the cross of Calvary shed his own blood and paid the price once for all to bring us into the family of God, not as, not as slaves, but as sons and daughters of Almighty God then you, you begin to understand that it's his performance that brought me into the family, not mine. It was never how good I was that brought me into the family. It was never how amazing Jordan was. It was never how, how, how amazing you were that brought you in. It was by the grace and sacrifice of Jesus that brought you into the family. You came in through trusting, through believing, through leaning into the work that Jesus did on your behalf that made you right with God. And so we now come boldly before God, not in our performance. We come in the performance of Jesus because sonship has nothing to do with my performance. It has everything to do with the performance of the Father. He brought you in. He made a way. And now you are a son or daughter of God. And so you come because of his good work in your life. You come through faith and trust in Jesus, and you can boldly Come before the throne of God when you understand that he made a way for you. Your good works didn't do it. So there can be a consistency in your walk with God. There can be a consistency in your boldness before God because your boldness is in his performance, not in yours. I felt like God gave me a word for our church, and I just felt like God laid this on my heart, that we are coming into a greater season of receiving what we ask for in prayer. We're coming into a greater season as a church. 
of receiving what we ask for in prayer. I believe you're coming into a greater season. That you're not just going to pray, come on, but you're going to receive. You're not just going to seek, you're going to find. You're not just going to knock, but doors are going to be opened for you. You're going to pray and you're going to get it. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. You're going to get it. Listen, one of the great keys to receiving from God is asking. This is so important for us. John 16, 23 and 24, Jesus taught us. He said, listen, at that time, you won't need to ask for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly. You'll ask the Father directly. So when we pray, we pray to the Father in the name of the Son. Jesus said, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. You will pray directly to the Father. You have access to the Father. Come on, through what the Son did for you. You'll ask the Father directly. How did Jesus tell us to pray? Our Father. Jesus didn't say, pray this way, our beloved Son, or our beloved Joseph, or our beloved Mary, or our St. Peter. Come on, somebody. He said, you get to go directly to the Father. You get to go directly because of the Son and what he did for you. And he will grant, now listen, it gets better. You'll go directly to the Father, and he will grant your request. Why? Because you use my name. Because you use my name. You have never done this before. So he said, ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Isn't that good? Ask, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. See, there's such a big difference between asking God and telling God what's going on in your life. I just I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I want us to posture our lives and understand that asking is vital. We do have to ask. We are taught to ask. One of the struggles I run into with my kids is they're still not good at asking. They like to just tell me loudly in a whiny voice from the back seat what they're dealing with. The other day my son was like, it's so hot in this car. So hot! And I've got the window locks down because they'll just drop those things on the highway no matter what, you know. So hot! And I, I told him, I said, would you like me to turn the air conditioning on? <laughs> y- yeah, that'd be awesome. And I'm like, you know. And I just look back and I said, hey, buddy, if you're hot, just ask for what you need. I'll make it rain HVAC in here. <laughs> I'll tip the vents. I'll do the whole, I'll turn it all the way down to zero. Come on. Mom wasn't even in the car. We can go all the way down to (laughs) sub-zero. She's not going to take over, turn it back up to 75, none of that. We'll freeze in this piece right now. But But here's the reality. The reality is we do this with God a lot. Do you see what's happening? My boss is such a jerk. My wife's driving me crazy. My husband is on my last nerve, God. And we tell him all these things. And he's a good father. I think that he likes it just when we talk to him. But see, telling God is focused on our lack and not focused on God's ability to provide what we need. 
When we just tell, it's problem-focused. But when we ask, it's answer-focused. It's God-focused. It's acknowledging that I don't just have a problem, but I have a Heavenly Father that is able to provide for my every need, that is able to work wonders and do miracles and bring breakthrough, that heaven can come into my life because God can release a miracle if I ask the Father in the name of Jesus for what it is that I need. I don't want to be lack-focused. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be like that borderline complainer in my prayer life. The Lord, this is happening and that's happening and this is going on. People are crazy and the world's going nuts and I can't stand the government. I can't do this. And do you see what's happening in the church and the nerves and anxiety and the news and the this? I don't want that to, I don't want, that's not what I want coming from the body of Christ to the throne of heaven. We want to be neat. God, you see it and you know it, but we believe you and we trust and we know that you're our healer and that the government rests upon your shoulders and that you can work wonders and you can save and you can heal. We want the chorus of prayer coming from the body of Christ to be full of God's power and full of faith and hope in who God is. We want it to pull down heaven and miracles. I love I, I, I love this about God, that he says, if you ask, you're going to receive. Listen, friends, a lot of times we have not just because we ask not. Just because we ask not. Not only that, but I would go a step farther to tell you this. It is God's plan and, and desire that you would walk in answered prayer. Matter of fact, look at John chapter 16, verse 24, one more time. Jesus said, you haven't done this before. So ask, using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Ask, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. So Jesus ties answered prayer to abundant joy. The Lord wants to answer your prayers. He wants you to pray the Father in the name of the Son. He wants you to see heaven come in your life. This is his desire. And why? So that you would have abundant joy. See, Christianity is not boring, friends. If it is, you're doing it wrong. One of the coolest things in the whole world is that I get to ask the creator of the world for what I need and watch him do it in my life. And there is nothing that fills you with courage and strength like watching God answer your prayers from heaven. It fills you with a joy that is out of this world. When you see God come through for you, when you see miracles come, when you see heaven come in your life, it fills you with joy. God wants to answer your prayer. He wants to make good on every promise. He wants to step into your circumstance. He wants those doors to open for you. He wants you to seek and find. He wants you to ask and receive, that your joy would be full. I think a lot of times the reason we don't have joy in our difficulties is because we have not come to a place where we earnestly go before the throne of grace and find help when we need it. The reason we're lacking our joy is because we have not asked the Father in the name of the Son to give us what we need in our circumstances. There's a supernatural peace There's supernatural provision that comes when we ask the Father in the name of Jesus for what we need. He comes through. He answers prayer. He blesses you. He releases heaven. Heaven comes to your life 
when you pray. God does everything through prayer and nothing without it. It's such a vital part of being a kingdom person. This is God's heart. He wants you to have joy. So how is it we should approach God? How should we ask? I want to give you just a few guidelines today that I think will build your faith to praying and believing God um, for what He wants you to have. Number one, I want you to write this down. When we ask, we should ask better. We should ask better. This is probably like my, my dad heart coming out right now. Tell my kids, will be like, just do that better, please. Try that again. My favorite line when they're snotty to their mother, I'll be like, whoop! Try that again, but better. <laughs> Nobody thinks that's funny. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Your kids are all perfect. Okay. First John chapter 5, moving on. <laughs> 14 and 15. <laughs> Amen. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Did you catch that? And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that what? Pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know he will give us what we ask for. You know, in business, we used to have this adage, before I was in ministry, I was in business, and there was an adage we'd use that says, any exposure is good exposure. Any exposure is good exposure. But friends, not all prayers are effective prayers. Not all prayers are effective prayers. If you ask for anything according to his will, he hears us. If you ask anything according to his desires, he hears. The most effective prayer is a, pray, is a prayer prayed in line with the will of God. Those are the most effective prayer. So here's how to bulletproof your prayer. Just pray according to God's will clearly revealed in Scripture. Because the Scripture is the perfect will of God revealed. Amen? So just grab a hold of a promise of God. If God says he's going to do it and it's his will to do it in the Scripture, then pray. Pray that Scripture even. Just pray the Word of God. Some of the most powerful prayers are just the Word of God baked into your prayer life. You are this God. And just quote his own word back to him. God always honors his word. Um, Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer. And this is, how, this is how he taught his disciples to pray. So he starts with our Father. But here's what he says. He says, pray this. He says, pray to the Father, say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whose will? See, this is the struggle, isn't it? <laughs> the battle is, I like my will. I don't know about yours, but my will is strong. <laughs> Probably where my kids get it. Amen. All right. My will is strong. Problem is, is Jesus didn't say, pray, Jesus, my will. Father, my will be done. No, he said, pray, your will be done. Your kingdom. Heaven come. That's how he taught us to pray. Your will be done. Heaven come in my life. Your kingdom. So it's God's will that we are to pray. I, I used to teach that Jesus never had one unanswered prayer. I'm so glad when I started preaching, everything wasn't on video. Amen. Okay. Um, but I used to teach this. Jesus never had an unanswered prayer. Every sick person Jesus prayed for was healed. Every dead person he prayed to come back came back. One time he had to pray for a guy twice, but the guy's vision came back. Come on, somebody. Jesus finished what, finishes what he starts. 
But there was one prayer that wasn't answered how Jesus hoped. And it was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right before the cross, Jesus prayed this prayer. He said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup of suffering, he was talking about the cross. He said, let this cup of suffering pass from me. But not my will, but your will be done. Now, how many know, nobody, I don't care who you are, nobody wants to die a death on a cross. Jesus said, Father, if it be your will, let the cup pass from me. But not my will, but yours be done in my life. How many know the cup did not pass? Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to go. It was his destiny. And I thought about this, and I thought, you know, some of us should thank God for the prayers he didn't answer in our lives. Aren't you glad that Jesus went to the cross? Aren't you glad that he died for my sin and your sin? Aren't you glad that he washed us all clean, made us sons and daughters of God? Aren't you glad he gave us direct access to the Father? I'm so thankful. Jesus had to go. He had to shed his blood. He had to make a way. It was his destiny. There are times in our own suffering and struggle, we pray things to get out of what God wants us in. Because it's better for us in the end. I'm so thankful for the prayers that he didn't answer in my life. I'm thankful for the things he kept me in because God sees what we don't see and he's good when we can't see all of it. He knows what's best for you and our plans may be left unfulfilled, but his promises and purpose for our life will not be unfulfilled. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. We want to ask according to the will of God and we want to trust that God's will is being done in our life. So we want to ask better. Number two, when we ask, we should ask bigger. We should ask bigger. These are bold prayers. That's what we're praying. We want to pray bold prayers. We we need to pray bigger prayers. I've discovered some things. I've discovered that the size of our prayer life is in direct proportion to the size of our God. Our prayers are in direct proportion to the size of our God. However you view God is reflected in your prayer life. If you think that he's small, your prayer will be small. But if you believe that he's big, your prayers will be big. If you believe that he's all-powerful, then your prayers, there's nothing you won't, that you won't bring to God. You won't hold anything back. If, if your God is big, your prayers will be big. I was so challenged. I heard someone say a year ago, I think it was about a year ago, and it, it just stuck in my heart and never left. And they asked this question. They said, listen, if God answered all of your prayers, would your life change or would the whole world change? And I think that's a great thing to ask. If God answered all your prayers for the last 30 days, how would the world look? Would it just be your life or, or would it be the whole world? Because I don't want my prayers to be small and confined only to my own needs. I want to ask big prayers. I, I want to believe that he's a great big God, that, that, that he's in control, that the heaven is his home and the earth really is his footstool, that God can be good in my life, but he can also be good in our nation and he can be good to the whole world and that, that God can still put things back together and he can bring things to order and that nothing is too big for my God. I don't want my prayers to be small because my God isn't small. And I had this thought, um, as I was praying about this message, I had this thought uh, about my shopping experiences. Now, here's the thing. Deep down, I actually like to shop. I'm letting it out. Deep down, I do. And my wife really likes to shop. It's so dangerous. You need to pray for me. 
Matter of fact, she was at this conference, and all of a sudden I just start seeing charges. Boof, 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 boof. Nordstrom rack, boof, boof. And I called her. I said, honey, what are you doing? She goes, well, I mean, i got to have some things for conference. If she's watching online, she's going to kill me right now. She gets back at me with shopping. Amen. I'm kidding. But we actually like to shop. Here's my problem. Nobody has anything in my size. So guess what? I just sit in the guy chair at every department store while she goes and tries on things and does fun stuff. And, and if I buy anything, it's got to be online, shipped to the house. Because they don't have nothing. Because my size, listen, I wear an XLT. And it's not the XL that's the problem. It's the T that's the problem. Okay? It's the tall. Okay? Nobody carries tall. And if you go to big and tall, what they mean is parachute, okay? That's the thing. So it doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit when I go in. I'm like, listen, I, I need tall without so much of the big. That's what I'm going for. But nobody ever has it. So I go into the store, and if anything, it might fit up here, but it's like belly button. I look like Esmeralda when I try it on, okay? <laughs> Nothing works. And so I'm pulling things off, and I'm like, oh, that'd be nice if I was normal, you know? And so... I'd be like, oh, this would be nice. This would be nice if I wasn't seven foot tall, you know, and I'm putting everything back because nothing fits. And I had this thought pop into my mind. I wonder if God walks into the department store of our prayer life and can't find anything that fits his size. I wonder if he walks in and goes, oh, this is nice. It's just so incredibly small. And I wonder what would happen if his church would really catch a glimpse of how, that he's not just big, but he's tall. And he's not just tall, but he's big. And he's not just strong, but he's all powerful and can do anything that you need to be done. What would happen if God could walk in and go, ooh, that's my size. That's something I could step into in their life. That, that suits who I am. I believe God would respond in an incredible way. Ask and truly believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that you can ask or imagine. This is who he is. I want my prayers to fit God. I want my prayers to honor God. I want, I want God to look at my prayer life and go, that is somebody that actually sees that I'm bigger than he could think or imagine. I feel like God wants to give us the things we gave up on. I feel like he wants to give us the thought that's too hard. He, he wants to, to give us what we forgot about and gave up asking God for. Listen, he wants you to pull those things back out and believe that he can do it in your life. Believe that he is able to do it. I believe there are people here today and you gave up praying for something because you didn't see the answer. And I want you to know it's time to take that thing back out. It's not too hard for God. He didn't forget you and he sees what you need and he sees what you're praying for. He, he's taking it off the shelf and you're going to get it. Heaven's coming to your life. He wants to give big answers to even little prayers. His ways are higher than our ways. And I want to expect God to be exceedingly abundantly bigger than I can even think or imagine. I want you to write this down. Number three, when we ask, we should ask believing. This is such a big deal. These are faith-filled prayers. You can write that down. Faith-filled prayers. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, he says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. There's your permission right there. Nothing is too big, nothing's too small, nothing's off limits. You can pray for anything, and if you believe you've received it, it'll be yours. See, I think a lot of people put limit on the impact of their prayer 
due to wherever we're at in our faith. Well, I don't have big faith, so I guess I can't really pray much. But I want to encourage you that you have to have faith to pray, but you don't have to have big faith to pray. You just have to pray with what you got. You have to pray with what you got. Matter of fact, Jesus, when he taught about the mustard seed faith, I don't have time to dig into this. I'd encourage you, go home, Google it. It's easy to find stuff today. Come on, just Google where Jesus talked about the mustard seed. But this is what Jesus said. He said, if you have faith even the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed, and it'll move. Here's what Jesus was trying to get. He's trying to help you to understand that there's nothing too big for your, for your prayer life. Jesus actually brought this teaching in response to unanswered prayer. So he, he didn't just say, you know what, it feels like a good idea to talk about prayer and faith today. No, no, no. His disciples weren't seeing their prayers answered. And so he said, listen, listen, it's because you didn't pray with faith. And listen, and, and it's like he knew, well, Jesus, I didn't have faith. Listen, if you just have a mustard seed, he said, even mountains, big obstacles will move. Here's, here's what Jesus is trying to get across to us. Here's, here's the reality. Faith has an elastic nature to it. So the enemy would love to convince you that if you, that if you don't feel like you have big faith, that you can't use the faith you have to pray the prayers you need. But Jesus is saying this, the faith you have can bring about the answers you need. And I just want to get that in your heart today. The faith you have can bring the answers you need. You don't need to be in the big faith club. You just need to be in the mustard seed club. Just bring what you have. Bring what you got. Use the faith you have and watch mountains move. Watch answers come. Watch heaven come into your life. Your faith will stretch. God will be good. He will work through your prayer to exceed your prayer with the faith you have. Don't let your own doubt, your own insecurity, don't let the enemy of your soul convince you that you can't believe God for that or you don't have enough faith. Just weaponize your mustard seed and go to God and make your request known to God and watch how he will move in your life. Fill your prayer with faith. Believe that God can do it. Don't be double-minded. Stand on the word of God. Don't compromise. Well, you know, I'm going to give God a crack, but it probably won't happen. No, it doesn't cost you anything to put both feet in faith and say, I'm going to stand in faith and believe God till the very end. I'm going to believe for a miracle. I'm going to believe for healing. I'm going to believe for heaven to come in my life. And it might look crazy and the, the answer might be delayed, but I'm not going to put one foot in I'm going to have both feet in faith wrapped around my mustard seed and believing God for what I need in my life. Ask faith-filled prayers. Believe God. It costs you nothing to go all in for Jesus. It costs you nothing to stand in faith, but it could cost you so much not to. It could cost you so much not to. My final thought, and I want you to get this before we're done today. You can write this down. When we ask, or excuse me, when what we ask for doesn't happen. This is such a big thing for people. When what we ask for doesn't happen, we should keep asking. These are persistent prayers. They're persistent prayers. See, Jesus said this. Keep on asking, and you'll receive. Keep knocking, the doors will open. Keep seeking and you'll find. 
I went camping with my kids over the summer, went up to Warm Lake and had our very last tent camping experience in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen. We've reached the point in our life where we do cabins now. Come on, somebody. All right, enough said. But it was this cool campground, and my boys had a blast. And uh, we, uh, we brought some water, but you can only bring, like, so much water, you know? And so we brought some drinking water, and we had these big gallon things, and we ran out maybe two, three days in. And so me and Jeremiah, we decided to walk down. Uh, Jeremiah's my oldest son. We decided to walk down, and they had, like, an all-campground well, right? And uh, now, when your children are not used to pumping from a well, you know, my, my son walks up, and he goes, <clears throat> and nothing happened. You know, and he's like, where's it at? <clears throat> There's no water coming out. And he kind of shuts it and then opens it back up, you know. Nothing. There's nothing coming out of there. And I thought, oh, well, he doesn't understand that what he's looking for is there. It's just way down in a well. And there's so much down there, right? Like, we're good. Um... But there's an act of pumping that he wasn't used to because we live in an automatic world, right? Where we just flip something on and what we want pours right out. The problem is, is this translates into our spiritual life today as believers. Where we're not used to flipping something on and it not pouring right out. But see, the people Jesus was talking to would be used to the act of of having to to work and go deep for the things that they need. When Jesus talked about living water and water and fresh water, their mind would immediately go to a well and and things being deep. And and I thought about this when Jesus said, hey, keep on asking and you'll, you'll receive. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. I immediately thought of me and my son, and I I thought of this time that we were sitting here and we're filling up water, and and I thought of how I told him, okay, buddy, you gotta, and you gotta, and you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep going. And I thought, this is exactly how prayer works. Listen, I love the times when I pray and it's like, boom, God just responds. So thankful that he's good like that. But you know, I've also learned something that there are times when you ask and it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen or nothing happens at all. And I want you to catch something that the key is not to go, oh, well, guess that just didn't work. Can I just encourage you? Yes and amen does not mean yes and right now. Yes and amen does not mean yes and right now. And one of the worst things we could do as believers is interpret delay as denial. Well, I guess it's no. Perhaps it's not no. Perhaps every time you don't receive what you're asking and you go back and ask again, it's increasing your faith level. You're pumping the handle of faith in your life. God, you see what I'm going through and I'm believing you for a miracle. God, you, here I am again. Lord, I, I know you see this need. 
And Lord, I still believe that you're the God that can come through for me. God, I I still believe. God, I'm trusting in your faithfulness. And can I give you a key? Every time you have to go back to God, your faith has to be bigger than it was last time. So whether you realize it or not, every time you pump the handle of faith in your life, your faith is growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And sometimes God will use delay to actually build the level of faith in your life because every time you come back to him, believing for that miracle, it is posturing you in a greater place of faith than it was when you came the first time and the second time. Your faith is growing. Your boldness is growing. Something happens inside of us when we need something from God and we've got to pull it from the deep places of God. We need heaven to come and it doesn't always come as a microwave answer. There are times we got to pump the handle of faith in our life. But friends, I'm telling you, as you pump the handle of faith, as you believe God, as you go back again and trust Him and believe Him and cry out to Him, there will be a moment that the water of heaven will run in your life and once that flow starts, baby, it keeps running and miracles happen and good things happen in your life and rivers of living water will begin to flow from the depths of your being. I'm telling you right now, heaven wants to come in your life and if you will keep asking, you will receive and if you will knock, the door will be open. If you will seek, you're going to find what you're looking for in God. It is His will that heaven would come to your life. If you believe it, you better shout amen. I want you to stand up on your feet today, and I want to pray with you all across this room, all across this room, and our prayer team's going to be available for you as well. They're going to come forward and be here to partner in prayer. Remember, where two or three gather together, there is so much power when we come into agreement with one another. We see God do miracles. Your prayer is more powerful with a partner, amen? And so we want to partner with you in prayer. But listen, if you are here today, I'm just going to pray for all of you at one time. But if you're here today, listen, and you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. If you need to come into the family of God, maybe you're just, maybe you're just an acquaintance of God, and you pray to Him like a distant relative at best. Can I just tell you there's a better posture than that? There's a way into the family of God, and it's through faith in Jesus Christ. And you can trust Jesus today. You can believe Jesus today and be made, and be made part of the family of God and have the right to ask him as father. Maybe you're here today and you just struggle with prayer. I want to pray your faith would increase as well. So listen, all across this room, I'm just going to ask you to respond. If you need to put your trust in Jesus, make a decision for Christ today and be brought into the family of God. If you need your faith boosted, if you need a miracle in your life even, we just want to pray for you. So I'm going to count to three and on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand if you say, Pastor Jordan, that's me and I need to cry out to Jesus for one of those things. Would you pray for me? We're going to pray together and then we're going to sing one last song. You ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hand so I can see him. Raise him high, raise him high, raise him high. Father, We love you right now, and I pray for every single person that's maybe not where they need to be in relationship with you. I pray right now they put their trust in you, their hope in you. Lord, that they would reach out and make a decision to make you Lord of their life, that you would bring them into the family of God, not as slaves, but as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Lord, would you do that work in 
their life. And I pray right now for every person in this room that struggles, maybe with a belief that their faith is inferior and they can't pray, or or maybe just feeling like their prayer hits the ceiling and that's as far as it goes. Father, lift our faith today. Lift the lid in our lives today. I speak over their life. We're coming into a greater season of answered prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we lift our praise to you and we believe you now, God, for your perfect work to happen in our life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.